Generate Thrive podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Caden. And uh, here we talk about the crazy and amazing stories found throughout the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the most amazing set of documents that have ever been collected in history. And we love to read them, talk about them, study them, and uh, learn everything we can about them and apply it to our lives. So welcome and enjoy. Kate, get through. Right. I think we're halfway. Yep, <laughs> we're going. So here uh, again, this is. I know we've we keep saying that like, oh, this is the turning point of the of the story and stuff. But this is the turning point yeah. of the story. <laughs> yep, the very end. You get you get the what is it? What's the word? The inclusio. Inclusio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, we yeah, have yeah. another one, yeah. and this is kind of like the. The grand finale. Well, for now. Until the next one yeah. comes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, the way that I like to think about this chapter is it really, it takes a messianic secret and you, um, it's hard to understand that concept if you're being told the story the first time or if you're reading the story for the first time. It might, it may be hard to understand, but this chapter really paints that picture and then, uh, almost kind of breaks it at the end. Yeah. No. Yep. It, it really, it's there. It's the turning point of that messianic secret theme. So at the beginning you have some more, uh, just miracles of Jesus. But the important part of these ones is there is the reaction of the disciples mm-hmm. where we always saw the reaction of the Pharisees or the reaction of the people, people around. Yeah. And now you get to see this reaction of the disciples after being with Jesus for some time. So we have the, t- the story of Jesus feeding another group of people, 4,000 people, serving them food, uh, giving them food, miracle, you know? Uh-huh. And the, I, when I opened up, I got this story again. Yeah. Like, here we go. But the, there's, there's a purpose that I would say Mark, or the author of this gospel, put these stories here in this order up to... Peter's um, confession of like who Jesus is, there's a there's a flow to him, and it doesn't break it up like our Bibles break it up, but it's a constant flow of a teaching, starting in verse one of chapter eight and kind of ending in verse twenty seven. There's this that's a, you have to look at that whole section as one whole teaching, yeah, because it all has to do with kind of this feeding of the four thousand. So after the feeding of the 4,000, it goes right into a teaching in verse 11 of um, the Pharisees asking for a sign, a miraculous sign. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that this was really interesting because it applies to like our generation, I think, too. Uh, The idea of us being like more privileged or... You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think we have a similar view on, uh, on like, the scripture and, and the idea of God. We're like, well, if God still is around, why aren't, like, the same miracles performed? I think, like, this is kind of a, a sim- the similar question that it's put into. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah. And just as it, as it goes down and Jesus says that he understands, like they don't understand what's happening because they're choosing not to look in the, in their, in the correct places. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, well, go ahead, but they're lost in the messianic secret. yeah. Yeah. And this is one of like, I think one of the few times Jesus kind of explains what he's done, where he actually explains what he's done. Like, uh, he goes in, he's like, have you not seen and heard? Do you not remember? I broke five loaves and made it 5,000. Like, this is him explaining the secret right here, which is so cool because these, these are like his words and he's explaining it to the people who are completely confused on the idea. Yeah, so the Pharisees say they want a sign, and Jesus' disciples are now with him, and Jesus says, watch out for the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. for they demand these signs, and then he's revealing that they are like the Pharisees, and that they're demanding signs too. Yeah. And that's why he's, are your hearts too hard to take it in? You know, he's like, like, you have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Like... I've been trying to reveal something to you this whole time, but you keep demanding it to look like how you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so then he goes into explaining feeding of the 4,000. Yeah. Don't you understand? And then right after this, so he, Jesus teaching his disciples and says, don't you understand all this? And he goes right into a teaching of a blind man, yeah. which is Perfect. Yeah, it, th- there's definitely humor in it, and uh, like when you think of these stories together, that idea, if you're reading it without um, changing your mind each time a section pops up, it makes complete sense because it's like they're talking about this is like, don't you, don't you know this? Can't you see this? We've been doing like this life together this entire time, but you're telling me you don't. You don't understand. And then it goes and starts talking about the blind man. And this is perfect. He asks him if he sees anything. He goes and heals him. He asks him if, if he sees. And the blind man says, I see people walking, but they look like trees. It reminds me of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Go ahead. You know Lord of the Rings? Yeah. With the the, the ants, ants, the trees? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if... Uh, um. Tolkien got that from here. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll go. Uh, so he's like, do you see anything? And the dude's like, it's like, I see people walking. They look like trees. And so Jesus lays his hands on the man again. And he said, open his eyes and his, his sight was restored. Like to me, without headings, that sounds like he's like serving a hot one up to the disciples. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, this is you, and this is what I have to do for you because you guys are. You yeah, just don't that's get true. It. What if Peter is seeing himself in this man? Yeah. So he's telling the story how Jesus healed this guy's sight, and at that same time, he was Jesus was healing, like receiving me my sight of who he was. Like these are because again, this is Peter telling these accounts, and he's obviously going to like leak through his journey with it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely that whole teaching from the first verse to the end of that, of Jesus trying to, he's like really revealing himself. Yeah. And you see this in verse 27. Yep. They, Jesus goes on and asks his disciples, who do people say I am? And then that's where you get, uh, some people say Elijah, others say John the Baptist or one of the prophets. 
And then you have the like infamous question, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Christ. And Jesus goes on to say he strictly charged them not to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And then so, so like if we can pause right there for a second. So you have the idea of the messianic secret, right? Jesus breaks it just then. He just breaks yeah. it. Then he continues to say, don't say this to anyone. So he, he's bringing it back. Mm-hmm. But then through the rest of this chapter, just look at this. In verse 31, and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief and the scribes and be killed. And then risen uh, three days. Yeah. Like he goes on in and like this is just what is recorded. But to me, I feel like this was probably hours of conversation that they had where he was just telling them so much things and probably a lot of it they didn't understand. But like, that would be so cool to be a part of. Yeah. So he, so Peter says, you are the Messiah. And Jesus goes, basically, you're right. And this is what that means. He yeah. goes in to explain what that means. And pretty much that he's going to die and then peter says yeah i think what like no i think what peter what he's probably saying is like you're the messiah but that's not what the messiah exactly. is exactly yeah yeah and then jesus jesus then hits him with uh get behind me satan yeah for you are not setting your mind on things of god but on things of man because that's exactly what it is like mm-hmm. messiah to like the jewish person was was out of context to what the true definition of mm-hmm. of it means so yeah you basically you were looking for a human yeah messiah? well I'm a, div- I'm a divine mm-hmm. messiah and those two things don't correlate yeah. like they're what i came here to do and fulfill isn't what you yeah want from me i'm not a, i'm not the color inside of the lines mm-hmm. so and i see peter finally getting it oh well, man this is the messiah this is the one jesus you're the messiah and he's like you're right and then he explains what that means and he's like oh no that's not what, <laughs> yeah. not at all what i was thinking he's like hey, i want my money back <laughs> yeah yeah it's great and just so I, I think it's so good though for like even our our lives so we, we claim jesus is the messiah and like you know that we're followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We don't look into like, what does that mean? So if that's a hundred percent true, if we hundred percent believe that, what does that mean for our life? Because that's what he's telling Peter right now. If you hundred percent believe that Peter, this is what it means. And right away he's like, Oh no. Yeah. He's like, I don't want that. And it's exactly what we do. We're like, Oh, you choose your Messiah. Yeah. Jesus. And then we read about or hear about what that means for our everyday life, loving yeah. your enemies and how we're supposed to live. Yeah. And like, Oh no, that's not, what, that's, it just means I get a ticket to heaven, not that other stuff. Yeah. You know, totally. So it's so good. And I think that's exactly the teaching Jesus is giving us. Like how often do we use these? It's like, you must turn from your selfish ways, kick up your cross and fall. All like you could use the Christian words that Jesus uses here, but ultimately it's like, are you going to just say it? Is that, are you going to understand what that means for your everyday reality? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's tricky too. Like, uh, because later and like to end this, to end this chapter, you have for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the son of man also be ashamed when it comes to the glory of the father with angels. But like the first half of that that section, whoever is uh, whoever is ashamed of me 
and my fulfillment of being your messiah um like that that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because they would have thought of like this glorious king that was going to restore them and put them back like on, top, like, on the yeah. leaderboard uh but he's like that's not what I what I came to do so now the people who stand by me are going to be ones who really Mm-hmm. And I think we take it as he's challenging us, like, oh, could we take up our cross? Like, it's like, a, you better deny yourself or whatever. And I think it, Jesus really, like, it's just a, re, you have to, if you really think this, you have to rethink it then. Yeah. So you have to, it's not a challenge to, like, like call the arms or anything. Rather, it's, if you're not okay with this, you need to re, under, rethink it and come back to it on a clean, like, slate. To understand what me being the Messiah actually means. It's not like for your self-righteous glory, like the person's. Yeah. But it's living a part of the glory that, like, Jesus provides for us. And so it's two completely different things when you have that idea of, like, grab your cross, we're going to do this thing. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. Like, that's a completely different way of thinking when when you think of. I think if you're ashamed of it, you must not understand it. Yeah. You're caught up in the wrong thing. Yeah, you're you're re, you're, you're thinking of it differently. Yeah, yeah. It's not a call to the false narrative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But so that's where I mean, before talking, we were like, "Oh, not a lot happened in this chapter," but yeah, just, so much happened. So much happened. It <laughs> yeah. just all leads up to that, though. Yeah. So and it's again, I would say it is discouraging because four thousand Pharisees demand a miraculous. Like all, like we've heard these stories again hmm. and again. When I went to read this uh, this week, I was like, all right. <laughs> I opened my Bible. I looked at the headings. I'm like, I'm good. It's just like closed. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to read this because mm-hmm. half of these stories I read earlier that week or the week before. And I've heard all of these stories before. I'm yeah. like, I don't need to read this. Mm-hmm. I already understand. And- yeah. You, I mean, how many times do you say you must take up your cross? Yeah. Like, these are like the cliche stuff and so we don't get to see the really cool stuff inside of it. Yeah. So, so 31, so verse 8, chapter 8, verse 31, all the way through, it goes aside with Isaiah 53, mm. I think it is. It talks about the suffering yeah. Messiah and what this Messiah is going to go through. So if, you, if you're reading this with us, when you read Mark 831 to the end, maybe read Isaiah uh, 53 alongside with it. And uh, you'll, you'll see Jesus is actually kind of teaching of this prophecy or revealing that he is this prophet, this prophet. Yeah. This person, this prophet has talked about. Can you clarify that? Isaiah yeah, 53? I'm looking on it right now. It's 53 or 51. It's like 51. But definitely not 52. <laughs> Yeah. It is Isaiah 53. 53? Yep. Yep. 53. So, 53, I'll read it real quick. Well, part of it. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There is nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, inquited, 
and I can't talk. In deepest grief, we turned our backs on him and he looked the other way. For he was despised and we did not care. Yet in, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed. So it talks about all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yeah, this is a, another really interesting idea too, because um, even though we, as like people who follow Jesus, understand that it's talking about something else, because this is a prophet who lived hundreds of years before, like the time of Jesus, and he was prophesying something immediately for his people. Like this idea of like a double prophecy or speaking like to the future is really interesting Yeah, because he would have been speaking to uh, a point in a climate then and there, mm-hmm. but the way that it continues to, to move yes. is interesting. Yeah, how it impacts that culture and society and then also later on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So next week is Transfiguration, which is huge mm-hmm. and complex. So we're going to have to do a study on that yep. and talk a lot about that, which just continues now that the messianic secret is revealed. And what happens after that messianic secret is revealed? Jesus starts going to the cross ultimately. Yep. So this is the journey to the cross starting in chapter 9. Is going to um, start that. And the passion narrative and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be good. Sweet. We will see you next week.